Brad Valancourt is a human performance expert, radio host, and former lacrosse player. Join me, Drake Demore, as I chat with Brad on the phone out in BC about the sport of lacrosse and his career as a human performance expert, coach, and radio host. Hello, how you doing? It's Zach Cassidy. Adam Henry. Joe Siddle. Tom Crawford. Todd Warner. Brett Romberg. DJ Laramie. And Holy Mackinac, you're listening to Wind City Sports. What up, everybody? My name is Drake Moore, and thank you for streaming and downloading this episode of the Wind City Sports Podcast, Windsor's only local sports radio show and podcast. Live on CGM 99.1 FM every Thursday in Windsor, Detroit, and replays on Tuesdays at 8 p.m. You'll hear highlights from our podcast interviews, good music, and as much local sports news as we can possibly gather. Here on the podcast, you'll hear the full, uncut, and unedited versions of interviews with local athletes, coaches, entrepreneurs, and much more. We also have a big social media presence at WinCity underscore sports on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. We also have the YouTube channel, the WinCity Sports YouTube channel. Give us a subscribe on there and a like, follow, wherever else you might be active on social media nowadays. We'll talk about that at the end of the show, as we normally do. And today is Thursday, September 3rd, 2020, and it's episode 206 of One City Sports. And this week on One City Sports, we do have a lot of big, uh, big news to talk about, actually, in regards to some of our former guests, and we'll be getting into that as well as, and as well as some stuff that we missed on the last week, uh, now doing the podcast bi-weekly. Looks like we're going to stick with this format, at least for the time being. We were just going to do it for the summer, but it's been working well with my personal life, so I think we're just going to stick with it until further notice. But again, we have a lot of news to talk about this week. We have a great guest in Brad Valancourt, a human performance expert, former lacrosse player, and radio host as well, hosting a radio show out in Vancouver, B.C., um, so we're going to talk to Brad. This interview is from a little bit ago. Did on the phone not too long ago. And uh, as I talk about uh, with some other guests, uh, sometimes it, it's tough to uh, be functionable during interviews, as you'll hear uh, as coming up on this interview with Brad. You know, sometimes you just have to hold the phone up to the recorder. And uh, as you'll hear, a, a funny little um, anecdote, I suppose. Anyway, we do have some, some sports news. One piece that I want to get out of the way right now. And that's a big piece of news. In a former guest of ours from earlier this year, episode 184 featured at the time CFL Saskatchewan Rough Riders offensive lineman, former signee to the New York Jets, who has now signed a deal with the San Francisco 49ers in Dakota Shepley. That's right, from right here in Windsor. Um, Holy Names alumni Dakota Shepley signing with the 49ers just last week to make Windsor proud, of course. You can hear his whole story on Win City Sports episode 184. This guy is not just a football player; he's also an actor extra. He was in Deadpool 2. Uh, somehow was able to portray a character character uh, in X Men Omega Red. Although he obviously didn't have a predominant role or anything like that, he was suited up as the character for an extra role. Um, so pretty cool stuff. Uh, I've talked about him on the show many times uh, in the past, and and uh, we'll be talking a lot about his deal right now. So as of last week, last Thursday, on the Wind City Sports Radio Show, we reported that Dakota opted out of his CFL contract with the Saskatchewan Rough Riders to pursue NA, sorry, NFL opportunities. So at that point, we didn't know where, when, how, and what. But in the more recent hours, or days, I should say, we've learned that he's come to, deal, come to terms with the deal 
with the San Francisco 49ers. So Dakota was one of the four offensive linemen to work out with the 49ers coaching staff and earn the one-year deal over other NFL alumnus um, who were trying out for the spot. Now with just a bit of time left in training camp, he's looking to be a sponge and absorb as much as possible. So it's not too often that a guy from Windsor, yet alone people from Canada, uh, make it to the NFL and get signed. I think he's only, uh, I guess he'd be the, the third to be signed or play for the NFL from Windsor, obviously behind um, Luke Wilson and Jerry Corrick. But uh, it's so cool to see after just uh, meeting with him at C-Jam not too long ago, earlier this year actually, and this crazy year of 2020 that it's been um, able to meet with now a offensive lineman signed to the 49ers who uh, were just in the Super Bowl as well. So, or uh, was that the year before? Anyway, so cool to see that. And congratulations to uh, Dakota Shepley, a great guy for coming on the show and uh, achieving his uh, his greatest goal yet and something that he set out back then and, and wasn't ruling out. Um, you know, a lot of people maybe go to the CFL and, and stay there and he was adamant on, on um, you know, keeping his opportunities open, and uh, it paid out. So congratulations to Dakota Shepley from right here in Windsor. And again, you can listen to his podcast, episode 184 of the Wind City Sports Podcast. But now, without further ado, it's time to get into our interview segment for this week, and then following that, we have some more news on some local sports guys and girls, some MMA fights coming up very soon, and much more. But here is Brad Valancourt, human performance expert. Here we go. Right now on the phone, we have a human performance expert, radio personality in BC now, but right here from Windsor, Ontario, Brad Valancourt. Welcome to the show, man. Thank you very much for having me today. So, as mentioned, uh, from Windsor, were you born here, raised here? Just tell me a little bit about, you know, growing up, what area you're from, what kind of Windsor guy are you, I suppose? Well, I uh, grew up mostly in the central part. I went to San Angela. Uh, elementary school played uh, all their sports and then uh, for high school I moved over to the West End and played hockey and football and did some track for Assumption okay so you're always like a big uh, sports guy growing up too I'm assuming oh totally yeah my whole uh, family is definitely uh, sports oriented and so uh, it was great to watch my parents play and uh, cousins and uncles stuff like that one year my uncles, cousins, and my dad was our goaltender for uh, a rec league, hockey uh, rec league. It was awesome. It was like the most fun I had ever had playing uh, hockey. It was amazing. So something that the whole family just kind of did together. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was fantastic. One time, uh, since my father was the uh, goaltender, he had his own water bottle, and one of my uncles switched out the water for straight vodka. <laughs> Uh, he didn't uh, know, so he after about five squirts, he couldn't figure out why his mouth was burning so much. Oh. That's, <laughs> the, that's the worst when you you uh, you're thirsty or whatever. You go for a drink of a water bottle and it's full of vodka. Oh yeah, straight to not even cut. It's <laughs> hilarious. So, uh, as mentioned, you're out there in BC now, and you know I, I took a look at your website and stuff. But let's get to know you a little bit. Like, how did you end up going from from Ontario to BC? I, I assume. Oh, that's a great question, because uh, first of all, I was doing something completely different from sports. I was an industrial firefighter in Windsor, and uh, one of my colleagues 
uh, in the mid-90s was trying to get the word out for uh, Windsor Minor Hockey about hitting from behind. Okay. And his name is uh, Kevin Stubbington. And now his program is international. And he's the guy responsible for the little stop sign mm-hmm. on the back of every minor hockey yeah. jersey. And uh, it's amazing. It's a, quite a legacy he's left. So he was the University of Windsor women's hockey team coach, co-coach, and uh, that year. And he said, look, you've got all this background in uh, sport performance. I need some help in that area. Can you um, maybe help me out? And I really got all this information through schooling and stuff like that um, just to help out my own sports. You know, I played lacrosse for Texas A&M, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And um, I really just wanted to become a better athlete. But when he asked me, I thought, that sounds like fun. So I became their performance coach that year, and he took that team from uh, just missing the playoffs by two points uh, in one season, where prior to him even going there, they only won four games in their entire existence. <laughs> so uh, he was pretty awesome. And he he really changed my mind as to what I could do for people. And so after the, the season ended, I switched careers one of the players was uh, from Kamloops, BC, and we got to know each other. She became my first boarder, and then after she graduated, her parents invited me out to BC in 2003, and uh, I came out west for about uh, two weeks. I was really fortunate. I got three job offers <laughs> in three different cities, because <laughs> uh, Kim took me out to different cities, including Vancouver. and. Uh, Kelowna ended up being my home. I put up my, my house. Uh, so I just rented out my house and then um, moved out west. And I've been out west ever since 2003. It's been really awesome. Wow. So pretty much around 03 is when it all started. Your first introduction was through uh, through the Lancers, basically. In 1998 was uh, with right. the Lancers, yeah. Oh, wow. Okay, okay. So that's the thing. Like I was just trying to find like a little bit of... Um, of a resume, I suppose, but I was like, you know what? Sometimes it's best to just hear it right from them, right? So you mentioned you yeah. had a little bit of a lacrosse background as well, or? Yeah, I played lacrosse growing up to help me with my hockey, and I just love box lacrosse so much. Mm-hmm. I was really fortunate to play uh, up to a junior A level for Sarnia. Oh, yeah. And um, there were a bunch of us from Windsor that uh, we were decent enough that we could uh, go and, and play for different junior A teams. So I ended up playing against a lot of guys I grew up with in the junior A level. It was just it was so awesome. And uh, three, no, four of us would uh, travel in a little horizon from Windsor to Sarnia twice a week for practices and then our games. So uh, it was really a fun time. Yeah, and then... Uh, going to Texas A&M, I played lacrosse for them, and playing in field compared to box was completely different, but mm-hmm. uh, it was a lot of fun. Was that a big like transition for you, going over to the States, and were people like, what the hell is box lacrosse? Like, you don't play on a field? Like... Yeah, and you know what? The transition going from box to field made life so much easier, because you're used to a 4x4 four four at the time net, and a much smaller space, so everybody's tighter, and you've got to be a little bit faster on your moves. The contact is different too because with box you have to use your stick to cross check, but you can't use your stick in field. You have to body check like hockey. Yeah. And then of course the net size is just way way different. Six feet by six yeah. feet and uh, field across. It was so easy. 
Yeah, so imagine going the other way, right? Going to box from field, you'd be like, what the heck? Like, That would be a lot tougher, I'd imagine, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, when we kind of connected, the, the big thing and similarity, obviously, was the connection to Windsor, right? Um, so, yeah. you know, just when you think of, like, Windsor sports, like, now, obviously, you're, you've been in BC for a while, like, a, a good amount of time now. Um, what do you, what first comes to mind when you think Windsor sports? Obviously, you have, like, your personal memories from your family and stuff like that, but what first comes to mind is it like Windsor uh, Windsor Spitfires and stuff like that well my nephews are huge Spitfire fans and uh, they love going so whenever I'm in town if it's uh, during the season especially around Christmas time then uh, we go to a game and uh, you know we enjoy ourselves and they love getting on the screen and, and watching and uh, both my nephews are uh, hockey players they're only uh, six and so uh, they're still in the in the thick of things where you know it's a game it's a fun game and let's just play for the fun of it and just see where it goes and I love that it's it's really awesome Mm -hmm. Um, other winter sports I guess would be um, I still uh, look at the Windsor Lacrosse Association on uh, their Facebook page and they've done so much because it was a really a tight-knit tribe when we when I started and it was in a low point of lacrosse for the area so like when I started I had no equipment I had to borrow theirs and theirs was at least 25 years old <laughs> yeah <laughs> including warp sticks and stuff like that so uh, they, they've re- these guys have really brought it up uh, nicely and they've got some good uh, really good sponsorships and uh, they just keep it as a wonderful community yeah, so that's why I didn't know you had that, that lacrosse background, you know, so obviously that having that connection there, you're always keeping up with them, and uh, I don't know if you've seen recently, we had Josh Jubenville on, we've had some guys go to the NLL right out of right out of Windsor and out of our system. Yeah, oh, totally, exactly, actually, one of them, Andrew uh, Garrett, Garrett yeah. He, um, yeah, he's out in BC, I think, isn't he? He is, his uh, stepmother is in the, I think she's the treasurer, she's a, my cousin, actually, and so he moved out to Kelowna, That's right, yeah. where, I, where I was for so many years, and uh, I mean, it's such a beautiful part, and uh, working with the lacrosse team there for uh, a few years myself, the junior A team, was a lot of fun as their performance coach. But to see the Windsor guys coming up and going all over the place, whether they go to the States for uh, some field lacrosse and to get an education, or they're going straight to the pros, I mean, that's really awesome to see yeah. Windsor do that. Oh, 100%. I mean, that's that's why I do the show, you know? So I just got to highlight some lacrosse guys once in a while, you know? That's fantastic. Oh, it's great that you do that. We really yeah. appreciate that as, as a lacrosse fan myself. Well, yeah, I mean, and, and one thing that we unfortunately t- have to talk about when you have lacrosse guys on is the fact that it isn't so popular and, you know, trying to grow it and put some awareness out there and stuff like that. So, you know, it kind of it helped. It's a win-win for both of us when, you know, we talk about something like that on the show. That's beautiful. That's awesome. Yeah. So, you know, you, you've been in... in Windsor for your whole life until moving out there I'm sure you've crossed paths with a lot of Windsor athletes being involved in lacrosse and stuff like that I'm sure uh, you have some personal memories that might stick out oh yeah definitely uh, when it comes to lacrosse um, 
the current director there, Jerry Cavanaugh, his family, and uh, his buddies, Chris Durkatz, and stuff like that. Uh, those guys really uh, taught me because they're just uh, like a couple years older. So you looked up to those guys when you were playing, and they really had a, a tight-knit team growing up, and I was fortunate enough to be one of a few guys that got to move, get moved up and play with them during uh, major tournaments and the provincials and stuff. And you just learned so much when uh, you bring these lacrosse guys together because a lot of times, at least for me growing up, we would play three games a day and then you'd go back to your campground and you'd just do whatever as a team, you know? And it was just natural that you, and you would maybe toss the ball around or if you're playing or staying in a, t- in a campground that um, had some, uh, some water activities to do or some golfing, then you'd just do that together. And it was all very natural with a sport like hockey where you can't camp in the wintertime, then people tend to, you know, gravitate to their own rooms and maybe you see them, maybe you don't. But with lacrosse, it was so much easier to have that beautiful community just naturally come together organically. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I mean, you know, Windsor has a rich history and uh, a lot of a lot of guys out of here as well. One oh, moment. definitely. So I'm sure I'm you really cross fortunate pa- to, yeah. What's that? I'm sure you cross paths with some, you know, colorful people. Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, I was really fortunate to uh, grow up at a time where I was playing football with Stubby Clapp, who ended oh, up yeah. playing in the MLB, as I'm sure everybody in Windsor knows. <laughs> and uh, actually later on, when uh, I was doing some work for a few of the uh, Blue Jays down in Florida, he was our hitting coach. So, I know, it was really cool to see. Small world, eh? (laughs) Oh, totally. Yeah, definitely. And then um, uh, my cousin uh, a few years ago had passed away, and all these people from all these different sports that he was involved with uh, came to his funeral. So I got to meet up with all these guys from over the years. Uh, He was a hockey coach, so his entire team from the last three years showed up in their jerseys. Then afterwards, we went across the road to the uh, sports bar, I think it was Max's, that's called, over on uh, Dougal, and we're sitting there, and uh, one guy, Tom Furman, he's a uh, referee in Windsor, he looks over across the bar, and who is it, but it's Luke Wilson of the Seattle Seahawks, mm-hmm. they just won the Super Bowl, oh, wow. and, so, and he knew Luke when Luke was uh, playing hockey. Yep. in uh, LaSalle so uh, he yells over to Luke he's like Luke and Luke Wilson looks over and he's with you know his uh, friends whatever but he was so kind enough to wave and uh, say hey how are you so it's That's really cool. great when you get to see people achieve different levels and yet there's just uh, hometown boys from Windsor you know Yep, that's the again. That's why we do the show. And then there's there's people that pop up here. Maybe guys that play junior and stick around. It's a great city, you know, and, and it shows when people like that are able to stick around and and make a living here and enjoy it, right? Oh, you're so right. So I'm sure you cross paths with a good amount of hockey players too. I'm sure. Yeah, uh, I understand you have a good story about um, something happening at Dairy Queen. Oh yes. In Kelowna, I. Um, was real when I was just starting out and I was trying to I was within the first few years of starting out there and I was really trying to make my mark and I heard that um, Josh Georges of the uh, then he was with uh, 
San Jose Sharks. Uh, he had some of his friends um, go to his parents' restaurant because they owned a few of the Dairy Queens in town. And I thought, oh, I'll go there, introduce myself, and show them what I can do. So I went there, and he was there along with Shea Weber, who's now with uh, Montreal. Yeah, I might have heard of him, yeah. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. <laughs> and uh, another guy, I, I don't know if anybody's really heard of him, Carrie Price. <laughs> Again, same thing, right? Yeah, exactly, right? So uh, they're sitting at a table, and I just kind of introduce myself, and I, I show them how um, you know I can help them out and uh, how I can increase their speed and their strength in about 10 seconds by you know manipulating certain points on the body. And they're like, okay, let's see this. So I had Josh Georges and uh, Shea Weber, since they're two closest in, in size, do some arm wrestling. And of course, Shea Weber being you know the, the big Hulk that he is, you know he easily won. So then I went over to Josh and uh, I said, okay, now let me spend a couple of seconds here doing a few different things, and I'll I'll tell you exactly what I did with him. If you take your arm, let's say your left arm and bring it out to the side about shoulder height and then just rotate your hand back like you're going to throw but just keep the elbow still and just rotate back and you'll get your hand back behind your head a certain amount or if you're really tight it won't move very far now if you take that same hand and use your opposite um, hand we'll use the index finger or if you have a pen handy you can do that and go to the thumb pad of the left hand you're gonna go about half an inch below the knuckle of the thumb pad, there is the top. And uh, just do some tiny pinhead clockwise circles. And we'll do this for about 10 seconds. This is called our muscle acupressure point. And there are 12 techniques per body part that I've learned that will help increase a person's speed and their strength as well as their mobility because you don't just want to use pressure points to help somebody become more flexible. It's not really going to do a great deal for them when they're um, trying to perform. Okay? Now, if you take your left hand or left arm and bring it out to the side again, about shoulder height where it was, and now rotate it back, tell me, is it any easier or does it go uh, farther back? I literally can't do it right now. I'm holding Okay. <laughs> Not a problem. So anyway, I, I did that with uh, Josh and uh, had him do, uh, so that was 10 seconds worth of work. I had them redo the uh, the arm wrestling and it was a dead tie. So it went from an easy win to a dead tie in a matter of 10 seconds. It was really cool and the guys just kind of looked at me and went, holy crap, what else can you do for this? What can you do for that? And uh, so yeah, it was really neat. and. I ended up doing the same thing a few years later when the uh, 2010 Swedish women's hockey team came to Kelowna just before the Olympics so that they could uh, train. So I uh, watched them practice, and then I knocked on the coach's door, and I told them that you know I'd like to help them. And they said, okay, uh, what can you do? And I said, well, get me somebody. They did, and I had them jump three times in like a, a jump start, like doing a jump start, basically. So I wanted to increase their starting speed, their power. And after they jumped three times, we measured it, and I, I did what I do. And I did about three or four different techniques, and I said, okay, now go ahead and jump one more time. And then we measured it, and it was seven inches farther. 
that's like a step and a half when you're looking at uh, a hockey start. And it was incredible the, um, to see that. I, I was amazed. I was like, wow, this is great. And right away the coaches started pinching their elbows and their thumbs and all this other stuff. And it was really neat to see. And then that's how I got brought on as the uh, – 2010 Swedish women's hockey team evaluator. So obviously it seems like you're like kind of like getting a reaction out of people and showing, you know, what you can do with your body and kind of stuff, right? Oh, it's great what the human body can do. I just love it so much. You know, I've been studying the human body since uh, about 12 years old and I travel the world learning different techniques and stuff like that. And it's really awesome. I was really fortunate to learn from Charles Poliquin who was the performance coach for guys like Jeremy Roenick, Chris Chelios, um, Pronger, uh, all these guys over the years. It was really amazing. And he's actually the one that came up with uh, that technique for the shoulder that I showed you. And uh, it was really cool to learn all these different techniques. And right now I do 13 different uh, methods and I integrate them depending on what somebody needs. And it's always based on what it is that, that uh, they need specifically to help them with whatever their goal is. If it's to improve their performance, if it's to heal their injury faster, whatever it is. And uh, there's a guy down in Florida who is actually uh, from Toronto. He played football for Western, and he uh, was going to go play CFL. He ended up getting injured. Uh, just before uh, tryouts at CFL, interested, he went through rehab, loved the uh, the whole concept of rehab, went back to school, became a doctor of physiotherapy. He in the '90s was the um, uh, performance coach for the Maple Leafs, as well as he, him being down in Florida. Now he's um, he works with a lot of tennis players. Mm-hmm. He's been to Wimbledon a number of times as their physician for different people like Monica Sellis, Mary Pierce. And uh, he really taught me a lot. He's a good friend of mine now. And he and I do a lot of the same techniques or same methods. And so he completely changed uh, how I approach things to make it more specific to people. When we had, I was in a class that he was teaching and we had a dancer she had not been able to do any choreography in months and she barely made it up to the table. So we had her lie down on the table. I spent 20 minutes with her and I followed what he had suggested and went back to um, helping her. And then I, I, she got off the table. She walked away freely and he said to her, so how do you feel right now? She went down to the splits and came back up. <laughs> So the human body can do so many great things, and that's why you're seeing these athletes just do unbelievable stuff nowadays. You know, besides the equipment, you know, they still have to perform, and what they can do is really awesome. Oh, absolutely, man! And it's it's interesting how people find their passion for for such a thing to like be a coach or trainer or whatever uh, you might want to call yourself. And obviously, like you, uh, obviously had a um, an interest in studying the human body, and then some encouragement from someone you knew led you to where you are now and I'm sure you're you know gotten all your credentials and are still continuing to learn as as life goes on there's never uh, enough learning exactly yeah you're always learning stuff and uh, in fact uh, so the doctor's name is uh, Carrie D'Ambrosio and he taught another course in uh, just outside of um, Traverse City Michigan and I flew down to take this course 
I was so amazed with what we were able to do with fascia tissue. See, uh, fascia tissue is a, like, a, if you're not sure, is a webbing that uh, basically covers your body, and it's a way of protecting your body from overdoing it. So, like, if you're your muscles are like elastics. If you think of the fascia tissue as like stretchy jean material, yeah. it limits what you can do, but it keeps the muscles from tearing. And because this webbing is in different layers throughout the whole body, the only way that we knew to actually realign the fascia whenever it would bunch up and twist, creating pain and a loss of motion, the only way was to grab on and rip it over. Like you actually had to grab onto this thing and tear it over to the other side. And it was really awful. I mean, if you're already in pain and then you have somebody try to do this nasty maneuver on you, you were just in more pain and the inflammation for a long time. He developed this very gentle way of jostling the fascia tissue so that within minutes you had it nice and straight again. You had full range of motion. And when I did this, when I learned this, I immediately flew, or not flew, but drove back to Windsor, and I worked on two people. I worked on my grandfather who had trouble breathing, and within 20 minutes, his inhale capacity went from 1,000 milliliters to 1,500 in a 20-minute session. That's how much restriction there was in his rib cage. Next was my own mother, who she was preparing for her first marathon. And she was going to do her first marathon in Amherstburg. And she had never done really any kind of com competition. She's been running for a while, but not doing any races. And her and my sister wanted to do that. So they trained for it. I happened to be in town for this course. So I worked on her for, again, 20 minutes. I could barely lift her legs. The, the fascia tissue was so twisted. And it was limiting her range of motion and making her work harder. Because when your fascia tissue is twisted, you still want to do the same range of motion, but now you're exerting 20% more force, let's say. And that can really wear you down as the season goes on. So for her, after that, she sat up and her legs just kind of dangled on their own. I said, how do they feel? I said, well, they just kind of want to move on their own. I said, well, as a runner, that's really important you want to be able to just move freely six weeks later she ran that marathon in Amherstburg and qualified for Boston wow something that is so hard to do yeah for sure that, that's unbelievable um man so obviously like you've you know you can use what you know with your family and, and help improve uh, your family with uh, that, those incredible stories but I'm sure you have some athletes and success stories uh probably including your family that um you know you kind of pride yourself on Certainly. Uh, I was really fortunate in Kelowna to work with a young man who wanted to break the Canadian discus record. He had moved, his family moved from Germany just a few years before, and he really wanted to set his mark in the discus world. And uh, they gave me nine months with him. We worked on everything from realigning tissues, like, scar t like getting rid of scar tissue adhesions, and helping him with his strength to balance out his strength because you're always rotating the same way. Certain areas of uh, when you're looking at throwing, and throwing and shooting, uh, two things that really help out are uh, one of your rotator cuff muscles, depending on where the elbow is positioned, and your lats, you know, the big wings in the back, right? Mm -hmm. So you really want to get those guys good and strong but balanced out with the muscles around them. 
So we did that, and, and I also did the special techniques that I talked about earlier. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, when we watched him throw for the for, mapped out, okay, he's going to have peaks twice within the season and then once for the Canadian Nationals. The first peak that we had done for him, that's when he broke the Canadian record. For the very first time it had been broken in 15 years. It was previously set by the um, shot putter for Canada at the 2008 Olympics, uh, Dylan Armstrong. And Dylan is actually just, he's from two hours away from Kelowna in Kamloops. So it was really great to actually meet him afterwards to uh, see what the two competitors would would do. And Dylan Armstrong actually gave uh, my client Aaron Stroda the a backpack and a jacket from the 2008 Olympics. I mean, it was so cool to see two two athletes like that, not only set records, but to be, you know, um, so cordial with one another who had never even seen each other before. Yeah, you see that a lot in those kind of individual sports, you know. Yeah, and when you can, when you see that the throwers, they tend yeah. to really group together, and it's really cool. I really like seeing that. Mm -hmm. Now, um, Aaron ended up breaking his own record later on that year at about two events two um, meets later and he set an even further record for the discus really awesome that's and that record still stands today and that yeah. was in 2011 so that's definitely something to be to be proud of and you mentioned you know the techniques and stuff that you use and I'm sure in 20 years you've seen the techniques and, and technology evolve massively Oh, certainly, right? It's part of the evolution of sport. Yeah. And it's it's really neat when you can have the two come together just to make, you know, the complete athlete, if you will, yeah. or an ultimate athlete. You know, things got to evolve, right? So there's always something new yeah. every day. And now it's just at such a rapid rate, it seems like technology has just skyrocketed in the last 10 years, you know? Oh, isn't that crazy? And even something as simple as changing the seams on the, the seam height of a baseball, Yep. When you raise the seams on the baseball, it gives the pitcher greater um, dexterity, like greater grip, and then they just do wonders with that ball, making that thing do all kinds of things. Yeah. It's really incredible. And then when you look at what the, the golf club, how that's evolved over the years. Mm -hmm. That's the science of, of the sports, you know? Oh, yeah, totally, right? And then we look at something like hockey and uh, the stick alone, let alone anything else like skates and whatnot. Just uh, the stick has that's been monumental in the last you know I would say since the sport evolved that's been the biggest jump now you got guys that can consistently shoot you know well into the uh, 90s and above you know at the higher levels and whereas before that may not have been the case yeah Ally Afraidy, um who you know used to play in the NHL he uh, won the uh, the slap shot competition with a wood stick, and now in his 50s with a composite stick, he is only a few miles off from when he was at his peak. Incredible. Crazy. It's it's scary, really. Oh, it's, it's yeah, it's, it's really amazing what they're going to do to uh, to help these athletes out, and you look at it and say, okay, now, uh, how, how far is this going to go before we hit a plateau, and then we need something really big to really take it up again? 
and uh, you know it, it'll be interesting to see you know what is it is oh, it yeah. something that they use out west here in um, in the junior system are specific mouth guards to help with the nervous system and they actually test these guys like these junior players at the uh, dental office they'll have um, say a barbell set up they'll have them hold the barbell at 90 degrees for so many seconds and then they'll give them a specific bite guard that they've made for them have them bite down on it and redo the process and all of a sudden they're so much stronger they can hold it for longer it's so much easier to do and it's all about lining up the nervous system because that's where a person's strength comes from is the nervous system the faster the message gets from the brain to the specific muscles then the faster they move the stronger they are and stuff like that mm -hmm. it's crazy how everything blends together too and I'm sure you're seeing that because, as mentioned, like you're you're a broadcaster as well. So you know, I'm sure what you're doing and all your knowledge, you're bringing that to the to the masses on the radio, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, that's the whole purpose of my show is to help people with that, so that they can learn what to do for themselves. And then I've interviewed like Dr. D'Ambrosio and stuff like that. Okay. Uh, just to try to educate people that there's so many great things out there. You know, here are some wonderful tools that you can use. Go ahead and use them, and you're going to notice a wonderful difference within your athlete, whether you're a coach or you're a parent. You know, something as simple as um, having some lemon and or lime in your water first thing in the morning to help balance out certain hormones, so that you don't have that three o'clock crash yeah, or yeah. that noon crash. You know, and something as simple like that it works wonders and then you, you when I was with the um, Kelowna Red Raiders a junior A lacrosse team and I introduced them to all the lemon water uh, that uh, I had just squeezed uh, right before the games they weren't getting the second period crashes anymore and that was a problem that had plagued them for a long time and it was just a matter of using something as simple as that. We didn't have to go to any fancy kind of concoctions. It was just something simple that nature's already there. It's crazy, man. So, like, how did you get into into broadcasting and stuff like that? Well, I wanted to uh, use my ability to spread the word, and so I um, I talked to a few people at um, Vancouver Institute of Media Arts. They let me do a show and uh, to see if I would really like it or not. And I just, I love it because, you know, you can talk like you and I do where we're just having a conversation, but, you know, getting some word out about maybe some local athletes or you are trying to educate people maybe to help them with their stress, right? There are certain points on the body where if you're stressed and tired, maybe you're, you're having a hell of a game and you just can't seem to focus. Well, there are certain points on the body that within seconds you can have greater focus. It's amazing. You know, like, and it's as simple as taking your middle finger, putting it on the left, the front wall of the uh, left cheekbone, the right thumb on the front wall of the right cheekbone, your index finger will go between the eyebrows, and pick a spot as you look straight through, pick a spot across the uh, room if you want, take two deep breaths, I would say two to three. By the third breath, you notice that you have so much more clarity and it's much easier to focus. And it's as simple as that. Just those little things make a big difference, right? Oh, massive. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah. 
I mean, these guys had a, in uh, Kelowna had a real hard time with wins, and then they had great coaching to help them out, and then what little bit I could do to help them uh, with their performance, they came together as a team, and they, they played for, for each other and at a much higher level. It was a really awesome uh, season to be there for, and, um, and witness that. That's amazing, man. I mean, obviously you can see the passion in, in, in just talking to you, and you have an extensive resume. Unfortunately, we're going to have to wrap this up soon, but we can obviously have you back and just talk about specific things and maybe uh, even more things that you have done. But again, to wrap it up, you have a lot going on. For people out there, you know, how could they get a hold of you if someone's interested? Kind of plug time. What else? Did I miss anything else? Is there anything else I don't know about you? How can we, uh, how can we find you? Um, well, um, the easiest way is probably just to go to my website, humanperformanceexpert.com and uh, check out the videos there, uh, read some of the testimonials. You know, if you're looking for certain answers, uh, then maybe the videos and the testimonials will help you find that. You know, maybe you find somebody who struggled like you did or somebody who is trying to achieve something like that you're trying to achieve, but there's something missing. You know, I, I try to have as much information on there. I've got a blog that's got uh, yep. some articles in there too just to try to help people out and then if there's something that they want specifically from me then by all means contact me from the website and you know I try to help out as many people as I can it just I, I do this for the love of it and it's, it's so great you know when you can see somebody go from where they used to be to just jetpack themselves up into the stratosphere with their performance I just I love that you know yeah well you can tell you can tell just by talking to you. even the little things that we went through here will be helpful to people you know okay you know I certainly hope so and <laughs> uh, it, it was such a great time I really appreciate this time talking to you it was really awesome I appreciate it, man. It's good to connect with people from Windsor. That's why we do the show. And it's always good to call home, too, right? So thanks a lot for taking the time oh, to do it. definitely. I love listening to your podcast about different people. Uh, Fern Stenlin was the last one I listened <laughs> to, and that was really cool. You know, he came to our practice when I was with the Lancers, and I learned a lot from him. And, you know, it was really cool to to have all these different people from Windsor and just listen to them speak. I love that. You guys are doing a great job. Thank you. All right, all right, all right. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Brad Valancourt on the Win City Sports Podcast, human performance expert, coach, radio personality, former lacrosse player, something I didn't even know going into the interview. But it made for a good one. I talked a little bit at the beginning of the show about, uh, you know, kind of being caught up sometimes doing interviews or, you know, uh, preoccupied. I was holding the microphone up to the or the sorry the phone up to the recorder when he was uh, explaining his process his functionability process there a little exercise that um, uh, I forget he was taken through but um, I, I didn't realize that he was actually asking me to do it um, and yeah so a little bit embarrassing there sorry Brad but next time we'll have to try and get on and, and practice some of his techniques and see uh, see how I feel um, but again, it was cool. He kind of he reached out to the show a while back. Um, you know, guy from Windsor out in BC now doing his thing. Cross paths guys like um, Terry Price and Shea Weber, if you have ever heard of them. So pretty cool stuff. Uh, always finding more and more people to talk to and, and talk about here in Windsor. Small world. It happened in Windsor. A lot of things happened in Windsor that... Uh, or people from Windsor that people don't realize. And we have a little bit of news to get through. We're going to kick things off with some 
uh, MMA news in UFC. We have both of our, or some of our Windsor fighters fighting on a UFC card very soon. Windsor's own TJ The Truth Laramie will make his UFC debut September 19th in Las Vegas against Derek Minner. His official UFC debut for the 22-year-old, again, from right here in Windsor, Ontario. He's the only Canadian fighter to earn a UFC contract on Dana White's Contender Series, which is now in its fourth season. Uh, He's won his way to the promotion back on August 11th, as you know, when injured opponent Daniel Swain was unable to continue into the second round. So now this being his official UFC debut after earning his spot on Dana White's Contender Series. And another Windsor Wright and veteran Canadian fighter, Random Marcos, will be stepping into the octagon yet again as she is slated to fight on the September 19th card as well from Las Vegas, taking on Mackenzie Dern, which is going to be a huge test for Marcos, who is 10-8-0, is coming off a decision loss to Amanda Rebes back in March, one of the last fights, I think it was in uh, Brazil, before everything was shut down. It was the, one of the events where they had to um, kind of not kick everyone out, but they were planning on doing it in front of a crowd ended up doing it in front of no crowd in the arena in uh, Brazil. So the 35-year-old from Windsor is 6-7-1 in the UFC, while Dern is 8-1-0 overall and 3-1-0 in uh, the UFC. So that's the September 19th card. will be headlined by Tyrone Woodley taking on Colby Covington. Covington. Come on, Drake. Um, So that will be a special UFC Fight Night card on Saturday, September 19th, featuring two Windsorites. Last week on the Wind City Sports Radio Show, we didn't have a lot of news to talk about, so we always fill it up with our Detroit Tigers, but there was one other thing that we missed, um, well, we'll be missing this week on the podcast. Uh, kind of went down last week, um, as we had no new podcast, as you know, we're doing it every other week now, bi-weekly format. This out of Cambridge, Ontario, the PJHL is planning a safe return to the rink return to play policy which we'll see our junior c hockey action come back this year for our lakeshore slash bell river canadians wheatley sharks and much more um something i didn't think that was going to happen for the level of play junior b has also announced their return to play being the same date december 1st as both junior c and junior a for our windsor spitfires so that should be kicking off december 1st in the same um, same con- concept as the OHL, uh, as long as it is approved by health officials and is safe to do so for the players, coaches, staff, fans, and more. They plan to forecast a meaningful regular season with teams playing at least 24 games, a competitive playoff for the Schmaltz Cup, which did not go down this year, and again, an environment with strict adherence to COVID-19 safety requirements. See what will happen by December 1st, of course, and as mentioned last uh, this year, they halted um everything suddenly in march did not complete the playoffs or championships so no schmaltz cup or uh, pghl champion for 2020 looking to accomplish that in 2021 with a condensed season again there wasn't a lot missed in the last two weeks in regards to windsor sports news but we do have a new cedric's combat corner podcast interview with steven Adamalu, uh soccer legend from here in windsor uh, cedric had him on his show talk about you know playing professionally winning championships under coaches something that he does with a lot of his guests in the past and a little bit about boxing using using boxing to uh to improve your skills and, and conditioning we actually had stefan on the win city sports podcast two years ago episode 110 you can check that out but as well check out the zoom call with steven and cedric on youtube cedric's combat corner ccc we um 
It's provided by Win City Sports, presented by Win City Sports, produced by Win City Sports, whatever you want to say. Um, uh, from right here in Windsor, boxing coach doing his thing. He's interviewing athletes that he is able to to train in in the sport and uses boxing as a very central core um, aspect for training and as well as for discussion. So cool stuff, and there'll be some new ones coming out soon, breaking down some recent boxing matches. And keep an eye out for me on the Entering the Sports World podcast. Conducted an interview earlier this week with Bryce Frazier out in Chatham. He's a Lampton SRM student, just like I was, and reached out to me to kind of talk about those days and uh, some of the stuff I've been able to do through the podcast. And, of course, there's always things that you forget and leave out and stuff like that, so... Uh, maybe I'll be back there one day. Uh, the only other, uh, this is the second time I've ever been interviewed myself, so thanks to Bryce for reaching out to me. Maybe we'll play some here on the on the podcast or the radio shows. The only other podcast I was ever on was the OHL Fanboys, who put out a sweet video earlier this week, OHL Desire, a history of the Ontario Hockey League, uh, modeled after the WWE slash WWF video from 2002. Um, only so many people are really going to get this, but even if you don't, it's such a great video. Check it out on YouTube. Retweeted it on our Twitter page at WinCity underscore sports. And that brings me to the end of the show because that is it this week on Win City Sports. My name is Drake Damore, and I'm here every Thursday with a brand new episode of the Win City Sports podcast and radio show. The podcast drops first thing Thursday mornings, every other Thursday mornings now, on WinCitySports.com and anywhere podcasts are found, including Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Um, on the radio show, you'll hear highlights from our podcast interviews some good music and as much local sports news as we can gather here on the podcast you'll hear the full uncut and unedited version of interviews with local athletes coaches entrepreneurs and more and then a little bit of exclusive news that i want to and topics discussions that i want to get across and uh, provide you guys win city sports follow us on social media at win city underscore sports on instagram twitter facebook and the youtube channel win city sports youtube channel give a subscribe on there and like, follow on any other uh, social media you might be active on. Give us the reviews, the the likes, the whatevers to support us thing going. As mentioned, we're here every Thursday with a brand new podcast. And you can follow me, Drake Tamora, on Twitter and Instagram for more information on that. And just uh, follow me. But until next week, smell you later.